5: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush, special Crush to Judgment Roundtable Friday edition. I have Casey to my right. Hello. That's your cue? (laughs) Yeah, missed my cue. Be a goddamn professional. (laughs) I have Paul to my left. And at the distant end of this rectangular table, I have
3: Mr. Knoll. Trying to reach out and touch you, other. Don't touch me. too far. Don't do it. Too far. Um, I did a funny thing a minute ago. I was in the kitchen to get a, a refreshing beverage, and our lovely office manager was restocking the fridge to the left, and the door was open, and the fridge to the right, the door was closed, but I was looking at the left fridge and reached into the right fridge, thinking the door was open, and it was closed, and I my hand smashed into the glass like a bird hitting a windshield. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. That all
5: happened just now? Just now. Wow.
3: I'm okay. So Luckily, a it was a weedy little grab.
5: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't that resolute. Oh, I know your grab. Uh, no. I know. <laughs> it's not a firm grab. So before we get going on the lighthouse, uh, I want to chat briefly about your movie. Are you okay, Noel? It's Did sneeze. you just sneeze?
3: It was just a sneeze. That's fine. Uh, it was a weedy, weedy little <laughs> sneeze. <laughs>
5: uh, I want to talk about Paul's movie. Paul made a movie. Everyone that we, I believe, we mentioned briefly, but it is actually out. Now on Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, it is called Annie in the City. That is A-N-N-E-Y in the C-I-T-T-E-Y. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, and let's chat about it because, Casey, you shot the movie. That is true. You were the cinematographer of record. That is correct. And you wrote and directed it.
6: Yeah, I, I co-wrote it with Annie Reese, who's okay. also the star of the movie. The, the titular, the titular Annie. The yep. titular Annie in yeah. the city. Who
5: you know from the Slasher Roundtable's
3: and I'm going to record uh, Into the Spider-Verse with Annie right after this. Ooh. And a little meta trivia here. Uh, the movie contains a movie that I made mm-hmm. uh, many years ago Like within the movie. Yeah. It's, on, it's on a TV. Yeah. Fact, I don't know.
5: I'm always corrected when I use people, factoid. Yeah. You know what you tell those people? Go to hell. Mm-hmm. Because factoid, you can certainly use it that way. I think you can. It's just, I, I think of it as an a mini fact. Yes. A little nugget, you know? And people say, technically, a factoid, yeah. Just punch him in the face. Okay. With your, your it's weak little punch. Well, next punch. time
3: Ben Bolin <laughs> corrects me on that. Is it Ben? <laughs> oh,
5: God. I'm so mad at him. <laughs> so, uh, I want to know f- how you got the movie on Amazon Prime. How does that work? How would you get distribution? Uh,
6: so, I don't know if it, it technically counts as distribution. Okay, but it is, I mean... It uh, counts. It counts. It's, a, it's available. Uh, basically, yeah. it's quite easy. I just... Uh, Amazon has a thing called Amazon Video Direct. Okay. And... You kind of – if you have an Amazon account already, which mm-hmm. I did, you basically sign up for Amazon Video Direct. Okay. And it allows you to publish videos on their platform. And you just have to sign up and okay. give your sort of uh, – your bank information. And if – so I have an LLC that I set up for making the movie. Right. That's separate separate from me personally. It's right. an LLC just made for the movie. So sure. I had to give that information. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you need all that information so the the money that you make, the profits you make off of the movie through Amazon, through Amazon, yeah. Okay, and obviously they take a cut. I actually it doesn't. The they don't... Amazon takes a cut. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shocking! No, yeah. I was being facetious. Sorry, I missed that. Um, Bezos, he's always got that hand. He's got to get his little <laughs> grubby hands in there. Yeah. So uh, so it's 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 surprisingly easy. And then um, once you make all that account stuff, you can you know create uh, a a basically a project for the for the video mm-hmm. or for the movie. it can be a short film or a movie or whatever. And it requires a lot of information that you have to enter, and you have to have the movie exported in a certain format, file format. So it's not
5: just a bunch of YouTube garbage. They're really weeding that kind of thing out.
6: Yeah. And then once you actually get all your ducks in a row and have everything filled out and all the information, you submit it to them, and that takes a couple days, Uh and it actually goes through an approval process. Where it could be rejected if the file format doesn't conform to certain standards, or if the the artwork you used for the cover image is gotcha. wrong, is uh, incorrectly formatted stuff like that.
5: All right, so you just got to have your ducks in a row. Yeah, follow through on everything, yeah. and you too can get your movie
3: on Amazon Prime.
6: Yes, yes, very cool. And and as far a, as
3: like a promotion and stuff, that obviously be a separate right. issue, right? Yeah. yeah.
6: Yes, they they have like a, a guidebook where it's basically. Uh here's how to promote your movie. Tweet about it with the hashtag Prime Video or it's you know it's all you Come doing on. it yourself, right. you know, of unless course. you're a big studio. Right. Uh so it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's free to stream if you're a Prime member and it's $1.99 to rent if you're not. All right. So go we'll check see it in. everyone. Yeah, check it's it really out. It's really good.
3: I'm just gonna go ahead and put that out there. Like, Thanks. it's really fun. It's really heartwarming. It's uh, it's got it's a cool story, and it and it's beautifully shot, and uh, it's just a cool movie.
5: Yeah, I told Paul that I I am watching it in pieces. Well, not in pieces, really, two pieces. Because uh, as soon as he sent that email the other day, it's like, oh man, I'm like I can't watch it right now. I said, but I got to see some of it because I got to get a sense of it. So I watched like the first 15 minutes. Before I had to get in the shower, and then I'm going to finish it up probably tonight.
7: Nice, cool, thanks, and I liked man. what
5: I saw. Annie's great; yeah. she's so endearing as a human being, and that comes through on screen.
6: Yeah, uh, and make sure. Yeah, yeah. Ask her about it when you record. Uh, nope. Your episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that for sure.
3: Our buddy Chandler Mays too is in it, and he played. as does a great turn as a uh, kind of a skeezy weed dealer. Um, which I bet I... that was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But it's fantastic. If you, uh, To anyone listening, if you do watch it, please, I hate having to ask this, but please rate it and review it if you yeah. feel so inclined. That even means if, a lot. Even if you don't like the movie, it, it does mean a lot. And also just it does help with like discoverability and all yeah, those sure. silly things to help the movie get seen. So I love same. it, man. Same as
3: with the podcasts.
6: Yeah, yep. same thing. The podcasts? Mm-hmm
8: Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
9: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now.
5: Uh, Casey, you saw this back in May in France, correct?
7: Correct. Yeah, it was. Um, it was not in the official competition, but it was in the sidebar, the Uncertain Regard. So, um, which is where they put a lot of kind of interesting, slightly more experimental stuff, and I think it fit right in.
5: I thought I thought I was going to play on the ha 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 day.
7: No, no, not surprisingly, <laughs> not. No. All right, interesting. Uh, do you feel like you're pretty fresh on it still? Well, that's the thing. I was going to try to see it again before we did this, and mm. it just didn't come together. So that's I'm right. I'm relying on my memory from May, and yeah, you'll be fine. It's it's, I mean, it, I, it's I feel like it's a movie that the plot matters maybe a little less than your average movie. It's it's more about the atmosphere and so on. So, For sure,
5: yeah. Noel. What uh, when did you see it? I saw it um, on Halloween. Oh. yeah. All right, yeah, on Halloween, Halloween day night. Yeah, when that spooky cold weather came through, it too. It was just when, just
3: so. Yes. Yeah. Got that, out and tried to have a chat about it with my friends outside and then uh-huh. realized it was far too cold. <laughs> and uh, we weren't going to continue our hangs indoor else, indoors elsewhere, so we parted ways. But
5: That is pretty funny after a movie about true elemental human suffering. And you're outside and you're like, nah, I can't talk about this movie. It's chilly.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, and
5: when did you see it, Polly?
6: Uh, I just saw it last, today's Wednesday. I saw it last Friday.
5: Okay. I saw it in New York um, when I was there a couple of weeks ago. And boy, let's just get into it. I mean, a movie that – you know, I I was really interested in this one, A, because of Eggers, uh, Robert Eggers, and The Witch was so great and uh, original, I thought. But also because – and I've talked about it on the show before, but I wrote a lighthouse movie, a period piece, thriller, horror – not horror, more thriller – um, a couple of years ago that I tried to get money to make and sort of started and never, never did it. But I was like, oh, man, Eggers is doing a lighthouse movie. I was like, I'm sure it's way better than what I was going to do. And it was. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely piqued my interest because uh, I, I was just like, why has no one written a great movie with the lighthouse as the primary setting? Because it forces uh, so many things upon you. Um, probably the most important thing is, is – isolation.
7: Yeah. Yep.
5: And which is a good foundation for a I guess they're calling this on Wikipedia at least a psychological horror film.
7: It's like a cabin fever movie, sort of in the tradition of like The Shining or something, where yeah. you're held up against the elements and, you know, you kind of lose your mind.
5: Yeah, I didn't feel it was a horror movie, did you guys?
6: No, it's it's maybe unsettling is yeah. the word more than horror. And also it it definitely has some comedy in it. Oh, a lot of comedy. A lot of yeah. comedy. Yeah. It's, you know? it's hilarious. Sometimes. I mean, full-on
5: fart jokes. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Throughout, which but
5: it, were very but again, fun. I
3: mean, the, the character, the old grizzled sea captain, you know, I mean, it's like the most stock character you could imagine. Yeah. Of course that guy's farting all the time. <laughs> yeah, it it's, was it's pretty It's absolutely funny. on brand, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, it doesn't it, – it is. it does make you giggle a little bit, but it doesn't come off as – like completely uh, out of nowhere, like it makes absolute sense for his character,
5: yeah, and it and it makes sense for the uh, Robert Pattinson's character to be like he's dealing with this asshole. he hates it, yeah, and he's getting f- fucking farted in his face <laughs> yeah. on top of it all. Yeah. it's sort of like the
3: the stinky cherry on top. <laughs> just for the record, real quick, I just typed in lighthouse movies, and uh, we've got Pete's dragon lighthouse plays pretty prominently in there Uh, a movie from 1999 a horror thriller called lighthouse okay Uh, uh, a movie from 1945 called voice of the whistler which looks pretty cool Um, then we've got the light at the edge of the world which very much centers around a lighthouse and my personal favorite horror on snape island from 1972 um Mm. i want to See all of these. Then you have another movie called The Lighthouse from 1998. Uh, it's a foreign film, so it's called El Faro um, from Argentina. And then to the Lighthouse, The Fog, Hysterical, and Shutter Island. There was a lighthouse yeah. in Shutter Island. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shutter Island.
5: My <laughs> movie was called uh, The Graveshead Light because Ooh, cool uh, the the I should just tell people what it was because I'm never going to make it. Or you know what? Maybe
3: we'll make it as a podcast. There you go. As a scripted Ooh, podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And that's the thing I wanted to point out, too, about this movie. Like, it is just as sonically interesting as yes. it is visually interesting. Yeah. Right. Like, the sound design and the palette and it's the f- sparseness and the choices they make, mm-hmm. on point. It's yeah. So it just it lulls you into this weird fugue state, almost, while mm-hmm. you're watching it. And you start to almost feel that malaise and kind of confusion that the characters are feeling, which is neat. Because yeah. it's quick setup. Two dudes, older grizzled sea captain and younger, uh, you know, new recruit kind of. Greenhorn. Greenhorn going to this island, this rock as they call it, to do some maintenance work for a short period of time. I think it's meant to be two weeks or something like that.
5: Yeah, and that's just like how they did it. They rotated people in and out of
3: stations and lights and this was their whatever, their next stop. Yeah, because it's literally a functional thing. This lighthouse is to keep ships from crashing. That's right. And so they have to, you know, make sure everything's functioning, do some maintenance work, some light repairs and roofing and et cetera. Painting. And that's what they're there for. Yeah. Yeah, because the lighthouse gets beat up.
5: You got to paint those things like once a year. Yeah, apparently. The seagulls. <laughs> be be pecking, oh, the, the waters the be lapping. Yeah. Oh my god! All of the seagull
3: stuff is phenomenal. Uh, there's a whole a credit at the end of the movie that's just seagull crew. Uh, a whole, a just seagull crew. Uh, yeah, and it's a huge list of people.
7: I, oh, I don't sure. know if it was a
3: joke or not, but I don't think
5: no, so. No, no, I
7: think they had like wranglers. He and, had to, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
3: for
5: sure. God, the scene where he beats that seagull to death is fucking brutal. Mm.
7: It and really made me laugh when, it, when yeah. that scene came up. Yeah. Like it's brutal, but it also is very cathartic when you just finally and there was a bit, loses a bit of a tongue cool in cheek and I think there, yeah, are. oh it's, yeah,
3: I mean, parts of this movie seem like a black comedy, yeah, it's weird, absolutely, yeah. I think the thing that's interesting, though, is there's a line that you don't even, you can't hardly tell when it gets crossed. Like, even in that seagull beating to death scene, yeah, it's comical and Muppety looking at first, but then all of a sudden he's just holding this bag of guts and, you know, black blood and stuff, and then it becomes kind of disturbing. What started off as funny, I think that's a good kind of microcosm of the whole movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's funny until it's not. (laughs) Right. And then it gets real unfunny pretty quick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit,
5: I guess, of just about the look uh, and maybe some more about the sound. Does anyone know much about how they shot this?
7: So they shot it on actual black and white 35 millimeter film, oh. uh, Double X that a Kodak makes. And they used lenses from Panavision, but they were lenses that there's one that's like 100 years old. I think I heard that. And then there's other lenses in the set that are like from the 1940s. Um, and they had to have them kind of modernized and fitted to the uh-huh. cameras that they're using, and um, you know, so that all their accessories and so on would kind of be intercompatible. Yeah. Um, and they also shot with a a blue filter over the camera, which is okay. kind of unusual for black and white because mm-hmm. it it tends to darken the image and lower the contrast um but it also yeah. brings out like imperfections in skin and it's not a very flattering filter. Yeah, I um, mean this
5: movie is not when you think black and white it can there's a range when you talk about black and white and uh what I tend to think of is just that gorgeous really black blacks and uh crisp. Yeah. And this movie is almost just gray. Right, right. It's Which is sort f- of like a wash with, like, the foggy the... kind of, oh, you know, hazy perfect. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah.
7: And so, um, yeah, and they um, they shot in a very kind of unusual aspect ratio, one point one nine to one, which is almost square. Yeah, it's it's a lot taller than we're used to seeing. Right, um, and he did
5: that because of the lighthouse.
7: So yeah, because of the lighthouse, and also because a lot of kind of early cinema was shot closer to that aspect ratio.
5: I really liked this aspect ratio. I thought it was cool.
7: It's yeah. I mean, I love I love people. I love seeing films that play with. Um, you know, aspect ratios that we don't see all the time.
5: I think uh, Wes Anderson for the hotel movie did that, right? It's four by three, but yeah, cl- okay. close
7: enough. I mean, he's he's got like two, three, five and four by three. And right. He's there might around. be one, six, six in there somewhere. Yeah. Nice. And a lot of
3: television from the 90s is in a more square aspect ratio, I believe. Yeah, four by three. Four by three. Yeah, 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 yeah I exactly. mean, that's like yeah, all, wide-screen all TV, pre-widescreen, yeah. Of course, exactly. of course. Exactly. But yeah. it's interesting, too. There's always a big fuss that gets made when they... Reissue some of that stuff, and then they squish it, or they stretch it, and so you lose parts of the image when they do that, right? To accommodate a wider frame, they have to push in, right?
7: Depends on how it was shot, but yeah, basically yes. Like, there's certain shows, like uh, The Wire, for instance, when they when they they when they they redid that for HD, like. There was more information in the negative on the sides that they could open up. Oh. But the problem is, is that when they were shooting, they only protected for like what was in the frame, you mm-hmm. know? So there's like stands and, you know, cables oh, and mm-hmm. that they had to paint out in CGI to like oh, interesting. F- redo that show basically. And, you know, a lot of purists, myself included, were kind of like, I wish you had just done four by three because that is like, that's the show I watched, you know? Right. But I mean, it looks good in 16 by nine too.
5: Yeah. Well, this movie looks great. Uh, and it's just so like, um, so realistic and, and I know that they he, I mean he put these guys through a living hell and Robert Pattinson uh, was talking about basic like for all intents and purposes at times it felt like they were living in the 19th century you know on set. Because sure. they were there. You yeah. Know, they were in a remote location. You like can, you know, Nova Scotia I think. Yeah you yeah. can't fake that shit. And right. the weather was really brutal. Yeah. And you know all those scenes where he's got that rickety
3: wheelbarrow and he's going through the mud and you're just like that that had to have been a miserable experience. Yeah, you can't fake that kind of no. duress, you know. It's not like they got to stand-in to do it. Maybe there's a couple scenes where they did, but in general, it's like it's because of the aspect ratio, a lot of it's super close up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and claustrophobic and claustrophobic, feeling. so he you know, th- he absolutely was shoveling that shit oh, and yeah. like, you know, painting that house on that like weird uh <laughs> pulley system yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. seemed very dangerous to begin with yes. and then he course falls and I don't know I got yes it's a real commitment of acting that's at the the very least you can have to give it that whether you like it or not you cannot deny that it is some powerhouse acting going on in that film
7: and it's a very physical role like he has to actually do all Mm -hmm. this stuff and Robert Eggers in an interview I was reading talked about how You know, these older lenses, they're not coated as well. They tend to fog up quite easily, Mm -hmm. especially in, like, that kind of weather. So there were numerous takes. I think he said one scene they had to do, like, 25 takes of uh, Robert Pattinson walking into the water uh, and, uh, well, you know, with the waves and everything, and um, they had to do that like 25 times geez. just because they kept having problems with the lens fogging up all the time. And so a take would be perfectly good except for that, and they had to do it again. And didn't Pattinson kind of
3: lose his cool with him a little bit on I'm that? sure, yeah. I, I yeah. saw a thing where he was think, saying at least yeah. in an interview that he wanted to punch him or that he almost <laughs> punched him. Because they were, I think, blasting him with a hose at some yeah. point to get him wetted down properly for – I don't remember exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a fun shoot, guys.
7: <laughs> well, it's so it's so dirty and grimy and gritty and just yeah. like it feels like for the entire duration of that shoot, they probably didn't feel like they ever got clean. You know, no. it just kind of wears on you after a while.
5: I wonder where they stayed. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't I know. know. I mean, it couldn't have been too close to any amenity, you right? Know? Right. I wonder if they just rented some houses nearby or something. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Uh, this is the kind of movie where like the acting is so good and it's just two of them. It's almost it almost feels like you wish you could give them a joint Academy Award or something is for, like, best, you know. Best duo.
7: Yeah. Best, like, head-to-head. I mean, you know?
5: there's—one is not a supporting actor. I mean, they're both the lead actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them both get nominated for lead actor, you know, for the Oscars.
3: I think if you had to pick one, though, I, I would say Defoe. Really? Yeah, just yeah. because like he gets all these amazing monologues, he gets more dialogue than. I mean, I think Pattinson's physical performance is probably a little more intense, yeah. but like as far as acting, you know, like and delivery, yeah, Defoe, Defoe really just chews
5: it up, crushes here. it, man.
3: <laughs> that curse that he does is a scene <laughs> where he, he he smites Pattinson's character with this insane curse and all of these horrible things that are going to happen to him, all because he says he didn't like his cooking. Yeah, that was great. <laughs>
5: he goes, he didn't
6: even like me lobster. <laughs> <Not even laughs> Lobster, you're fond of me, lobster, ain't you? <laughs>
7: yeah,
5: it was hard not to think of the uh, the Simpsons sea captain. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
7: I mean, it's totally that character. Yeah,
5: um, there's a lot of chamber pot stuff, there's a lot of gross human waste, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, sort of old seafaring. And I know Eggers and his brother wrote this, they did a lot of really good research on just sort of the superstitions of of the life of a lighthouse keeper. Yeah.
7: And there's there's all these like vintage light keeper diaries that that they were reading. Oh, uh, really? To to actually pull not so much like entire lines of dialogue from but certainly like turns of phrase and vocabulary and so on to kind of inhabit that voice. Um so what they are, did on The Witch too? Yes, yeah, even I think even more so on The Witch in terms of like there are there are lines and, you know, exchanges in The Witch that kind of come straight from some some of these primary period sources, but this one, it was more like they just kind of wanted to capture that spirit and style mm-hmm. of the matter of speaking, but the dialogue itself is more of like an invention of uh, Eggers and his co-screenwriter, his brother.
6: Yeah. Is this a movie you like? It's uh, a weird question, but yeah. like... So, you know, we've we've been talking a lot about the great technical achievements of this movie. Yeah acting, cinematography, sound design, which are all stellar. But I, I so far, me personally, I haven't had much to say on it because I, I personally did not like the movie that much. Oh, really? I was very lukewarm on it. I felt like it was a movie in search of a purpose to exist oh. in that all of these technical aspects are great. Mm. Can't deny it. But I was also kind of like, what's the point? And, and I'm not saying that a movie needs to have some great deep thematic meanings to have any value to me, but it just wasn't enjoyable enough for me to really right. get much out of it. It, I don't know. Like, after the first probably 40 minutes, I actually found the movie a bit tedious mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. And at the end, I was kind of like, eh, okay. Right. That's just me personally, <laughs> you know?
5: Well, here was my take, is it's not enjoyable in the sense that you go to a movie and sort of have that familiar experience of a hero's journey or a uh, the character who's overcome something in the end like it, it it eschews traditional film narrative so much that it's it feels almost borderline an experimental film in a lot of ways and an exercise and sight and sound and making an audience uncomfortable uh, because it's not very plotty. I mean, there's not a lot
6: happens. But to what end? To what end of all that stuff? That's my question. I think I think Eggers is
5: playing with a different deck of cards than other filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's making movies. I mean, The Witch was a little more traditional, but this
3: is like he's out there, man. The Witch also wasn't a particularly pleasant film. It's more know? the The yeah. Witch.
7: The Witch kind of and Eggers has talked about this that. When you made The Witch, he made it in this kind of almost deliberately austere, heavy, like serious art house kind of tone. Mm -hmm. And for this, he wanted to bring in more silliness, more humor, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of stand alongside the kind of austere look and feel of it. And for me, I think I was expecting more of the tone of The Witch or something where it was going to be a little bit more like just straight laced and kind of heavy the whole time. Did Um, you like it? I was like, I was mixed on it. Okay, And, I, you know, like Paul said, like everything about it from a technical standpoint, the performances, mm-hmm. the way it looks, the way it sounds is all, you know, top notch. And clearly the work of like an extremely talented filmmaker mm-hmm. who I think is going to, you know, give us many, many great films probably over the course of his career. This one did feel a little bit like I was kind of, at the end left wondering like what was the point of all that sort of wow, okay and so it's you weird have the same be-
5: take then. It's weird to because in.
7: I, I like um <laughs> I mean I like certain movies like um you know uh, somebody like uh, Nicholas Weining Reffin mm-hmm. when he makes a film like The Neon Demon, which is very much style over substance. Mm-hmm. Which is also maligned. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people dislike that movie. I tend to like that movie a lot. Um
3: so, As do I. I so, so, it. it's,
7: so it's not it's not just that, you know, I think that the film has to have some like greater significance or something for me to like it. But it, yeah, just I, I reached that same point, like 45 minutes, an hour in where like there was just one too many like long monologues to camera, single take kind uh-huh. of like these bravura acting moments where it's like, OK, they're doing an amazing job of performing right now. I just don't know from a from a kind of larger filmic standpoint like what it's doing what what it's driving at yeah i think he was almost just trying to
5: do an experimental film where he's like let me see if i can put an audience through make them feel something like these characters are feeling cuz there is a little bit of that like oh man like please let this end <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know
6: I, I i do think too i Personally, I wish he would have embraced the silliness and humor even more. Mm -hmm. I guess this is what I'm saying. I wish they had more fart jokes. Right. (laughs) Because those moments of uh, at least levity at least made me enjoy myself while I was watching it. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it's so austere and it has this feeling of take this movie seriously, you know, uh, that I wish he would have embraced that silliness a little more. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is
7: almost like an over-the-top, almost cartoon version of what we think of as like an art film in terms of just yeah. the black and white, the severity of it, and everything. Mm-hmm. You could you could very very easily tweak it to be almost like a sketch about you know what these films are like. Did you like it, Noel? I and mean, it, it is a tricky question because like you know, like I said, I I, I didn't
3: find it to be a particularly pleasant film, right. but I I left it feeling away. And uh, it made me think about what I had seen. And it made me kind of want to see it again to look a little deeper. But I also think that you're right in that maybe it didn't have as much of a purpose as, you know, a film that I might have walked away from feeling a little bit more satisfied by. But I feel like What Eggers is really good at doing is giving you, like, this lens into a world that you should not be a part of, and that in and of itself is an accomplishment to me. So, like, The Witch, again, also pretty light on plot, plot is sort of second secondary. It's more about the experience of like witnessing this transformation and these this family's kind of deterioration, mm-hmm. you know, in this isolated state. This movie does the very much the same thing, you know, it's about seeing these two men kind of lose their mind in real time, but then you start to kind of be a party to that madness because you start losing the sense of time and how long have we been here and, you know, that disorientation that I was talking about at the top of the show, which a lot of it has to do with the sound design and the foggy vibes of the whole thing. Um, But to me, this movie is about witnessing, like, the creation of a myth. Like, if you think about all those sea shanties and all of those like, tales that they got from the Lightkeeper's journals and stuff, to me, this film is actually witnessing what that might look like. Like, a, a myth or a parable or like some kind of, like, you know, even, like, a Bible story that, yeah. that, that then is, like, regurgitated and turned into all this lore or whatever. To That, to me, is what it was. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah.
7: Well, he definitely likes to to do that deep dive into, like, a period. And, um, I mean, he has, like, a kind of a set design, costume design background, I believe Robert Eggers does. Oh, yeah. So he's he's extremely hands-on with all this stuff. He really likes using, you know, the actual materials and everything right. authentic and... Um, he, he's very, very dedicated to, to small details like that. And for him, I think it's it's sort of like the sum of all that research that kind of creates this feeling of just being immersed in a period and authenticity and, and, yeah. and all that, which, you know, again, I, I think is great. Um, I just wish that from, a, like, a screenplay standpoint. Like, for instance, you know, the, the Witch, I thought, actually had a lot more going on thematically mm-hmm. um, that you could kind of sink your teeth into afterwards and would kind of reward multiple viewings.
6: But so more satisfaction out of The Witch, it sounds like?
7: For me, yeah.
6: Yeah, even, even though it's weird, I, I'm not a big horror guy, so uh-huh. just the experience of watching The Witch, I guess, isn't, wasn't that enjoyable for me. Uh-huh. But I think I liked The Witch more. Are you saying you were scaredy pants? <laughs> no, what are you saying, Chuck? I'm not scared. But, but uh, to Casey's point, like I feel like I got more out of the Witch, and I feel like it's a, in my mind, a better film than the Lighthouse. Yeah. Boy, what about you? you I, I loved
5: you... it, man. I thought it was uh, like a true masterpiece. Um, yeah. I mean, again, not like a. It's not a movie. It's not anything that you're really going to quote unquote enjoy, but. Um, I like that this guy is, is making these challenging experimental films. Um the the ending of this movie is just so bonkers. And I loved all the all the, you know, hallucination, uh sea creature hallucination mermaid. stuff and the mermaid yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just
3: thought it was fucking great. Well, spoiler alert, now that we've we've already kind of done that a little bit, but like No, this I, whole thing is I, a spoiler. I think that uh that Pattinson's character is in hell, and that um, Defoe's character is like some sort of his, like, Keeper, <laughs> that's that's putting him yeah. through these uh, these mind games, yeah. and it's just gonna start all over again at the end because the last shot where uh, uh, Pattinson's character is having his guts eaten by the Cup-its by the, the uh, seagulls, yeah. uh-huh. um, that's the first shot of the movie from a distance. Right, right. It oh, pulls it? back and you see the the foggy shape of the rock, and it's the same exact shot. And I think that was intentional, huh. where it's like this is a loop, and he's gonna start back over and have to do this again for all eternity because uh, pattinson 's character is f- found out to have been a murderer right and you know a bad man who imperson- who murdered somebody and took his identity And yeah. at, at some point um, Defoe even says you know what if what if i 'm in your imagination or this whole place is in your imagination and I know that seems like a little bit lazy but and, and it doesn 't have to be this, but I think that 's one interpretation that you could Interesting. you could you could see um,
7: yeah Eggers says that for him like in terms of the camera and just everything that we're seeing, the whole film is from Robert Pattinson's interior perspective mm-hmm. as his state of mind deteriorates. And it's only at the very end that we get like a handful of shots that are quote-unquote objective reality. But everything else is kind of his imagination. So definitely the Willem Defoe character could just be a complete whole cloth like invention of his mind. Yeah. Like,
3: why would they even need two people? Yeah, to do like you know for two weeks. You know, it seems like you could get all this stuff done with just one. Pr- maybe you need someone to.
7: Uh, maybe maybe, maybe would, they work in pairs. Yeah, just they would first so somebody gets hurt to or get
3: No, that's that's yeah. true. That's a good point. That's that's very true. I think yeah.
5: that's historically accurate. Yeah, because I did a lot of lighthouse research when I wrote my uh, my garbage thriller. <laughs> 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 um, what do you what was your take on the uh, the that they had that beautiful Fresnel lens, which is that was one of the hardest parts when when I was kind of doing vague pre-pro for for my movie is finding finding a something to use as the lens. Yeah, they're not cheap, right. To get a real one, and they're hard to fake because it's such a specific thing
3: for the lighthouse lamp itself. You mean?
5: Yeah. Well, yeah. the lens is called a Fresnel lens. Mm. It's spelled Fresnel, but yeah. it's pronounced uh, Fresnel, and it's that um, you know uh, Coke bottle you know ribbed right. thick sure. glass mm-hmm. that it's shaped in such a way that it casts light further yeah. um and it's sort of the star of the show if you're going to do a lighthouse movie and you can't can't get around it mm-hmm. and that was sort of the trouble we were having we were like geez, what are we going to do for this lens but um they got a real one of course because they had the resources uh, and it looked amazing but, but what was your take on the lens and the light and you know what he was hiding up there cuz it's never really maybe part of the lack of satisfaction is is you don't really find out anything in the end.
7: You kind of catch like little glimpses of but weird, there's no weird looking there's stuff, no great payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Like mm-hmm. the witch had that really great payoff at the end.
7: Yeah, yeah. And this doesn't really have that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, for for me it's kind of the the whole lighthouse thing, it's it's very symbolic that you have this thing up at the very top that you're kind of asking yourself what is it you're catching little glimpses of it but Mm. you're 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 only seeing kind of the tip of the iceberg um yeah i don't know it's it's kind of a metaphor for like buried thoughts in your mind or Mm. you know just just something that's kind of lurking almost in like the subconscious or something okay
6: yeah i think that for me that's maybe why i wasn't as satisfied with the movie because whatever metaphorical significance the light has just felt kind of i don't ham-fisted a little bit. Really? Yeah, I yeah. guess. And it, I did enjoy at the end where he actually goes up there and he's looking at the light and it's the sound gets all crazy yeah, yeah. and uh, his eyes kind of burn out and it's very... Uh, takes a cue from David Lynch yeah. a little bit in that sequence especially. Or 2001 almost. Too. Yeah, like sure. It's, it's yeah. Like
3: very much like he's crossed over to the other side. Yeah. Something that he wasn't prepared to actually handle yeah. and it kind of broke him, you know. I when feel I was, a lot of Lynch DNA in s- some of his stuff.
5: Oh,
7: Absolutely. yeah. If you compare this to like a Eraserhead or something, you yeah. know. Similarly kind of like really thick atmosphere and, mm. and something that was – you know, every frame feels kind of handcrafted very slowly yeah. and caringly. And
5: the sound, too. Lynch, yeah, the way yeah, he's absolutely. Sound design is films. Yeah. It was one of my favorites.
7: And just all the all the texture and grit mm-hmm. and just like nothing feels casually, you know, like put together. Everything feels like it really is aged and weathered. Oh, yeah, and, I mean, the set is just, yeah.
5: it feels so authentic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like the, uh, you know, it, it's uh, tough to drink a beverage in this movie because they're, Basically, two forms of liquid that putrid, disgusting uh, well, was cistern water. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, he pumps out of that thing. It's just, you can almost taste it. Yeah. Right? It's so nasty. And then the firewater alcohol <laughs> that Willem Dafoe is just consuming, like, you know, pounding. Yeah. And you know, it's going to go bad. Like, Robert Patton's is not drinking for a reason. And when he finally makes him drink, out of those, you know, you can even hear the, the rusty
3: tin mugs.
5: Mm-hmm. You're like, oh,
3: man, this is not going to end well. Yeah. Oh, and then he devolves in the. they run out of the fire water and he starts drinking straight kerosene.
7: Yeah.
6: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, yeah. then
5: they find, uh, they th- think they find more provisions at one point because, uh, you know, they're kind of stranded. Not kind of stranded. They're exactly <laughs> fucking <laughs> they're, stranded. Yeah. And what they find is just more booze. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, only thing yeah. buried. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, this is going to get really bad. But it gets a little fun for a little while when they're drinking sure. and d- dancing. and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get the, the feeling at one the kind of one point they might make love. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot of
7: that tension going yeah. on. Yeah. A
3: lot of spooning.
7: And just like the, the sexual tension <laughs> overall of like, you know, being on this island, being isolated. Um, like what happens on the— The mermaid. <laughs> the lighthouse stays <laughs> yeah, at the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Interesting. My, uh, my dearly departed old friend Billy used to say— Life would be a whole lot better if you could just fuck your buddies. (laughs) Here, here. Great quotes. Living the dream.
8: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see it again. I very much want to see it again because I saw it. Uh, I'm really bad at seeing nighttime movies. I get a little sleepy, and this one it, it's very conducive to that because it does have this drony foghorn. Did you fall asleep? Stuff. No. Did Just, you fall no, asleep? Yeah. I, 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 I might have dozed okay. a couple of times, <laughs> but I, I, then I was you know jarred awake by some crazy shit happening. Yeah. You know. And Casey, I think you had a sort of similar experience. I, yes,
7: I had. Did uh, you fall asleep? This is well. This is why I wanted to see it again because when I saw it the day I saw it, it was probably my third or fourth movie that day, and it was like a 10 p.m. screening. Uh-huh. So I was also like fading, kind of on and off. Did you fall asleep? It. I didn't doze, but I, I did the thing where your head kind of falls forward, and then you realize what you're doing, yeah. and you're kind of awake Paul, again. Did you fall asleep? I did
6: not. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I
7: was fully <laughs> conscious the whole movie. I can say that.
5: Well, I saw it as a daytime film because I don't go see night movies. Um, I saw it at the matinee in New York, and this is a weird movie to. Uh, New York, at least, is a little dirty. Sure. But it was a nice sunny day. Mm-hmm. It's a weird matinee. The contrast, to take yeah. In. yeah. The worst was is when you lived in L.A., and you would go to, like, the fucking Grove for a matinee and see a movie like this, and then you walk out into what feels like Disneyland. <laughs> you know, with, like, palm trees, and a little, like, they have a fake little train trolley car that rides <laughs> by with tourists, and yeah. it's always this weird, shocking adjustment. <laughs> yeah. When you walk out, outdoor escalators. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um... What else we got? I mean, are we, or did we cover it? Is it thumb
7: time? I had a, I had a couple things. Oh please! All right, let's go. So you know, like I said, Robert Eggers, he loves to do his research for these things. Yes, we'd already mentioned some some like previous Lighthouse movies, but there's two filmmakers in particular that he's referenced in interviews, both kind of working in France in like the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Uh, one named uh, Jean Epstein or Epstein, who was uh, like a film theorist, kind of experimental filmmaker. Um, makes these kind of beautiful, poetic um, films, and he made a series of films in the Brittany region of uh, France, mm-hmm. and um, which kind of has its own separate culture and history, and so on. And um, he made this film called *Finistere*, like the end of the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's about four guys on an island. Mm. They're there to gather seaweed. Uh, just off the coast of the island, mm-hmm. and then you burn the seaweed, and apparently the ashes are useful for something or other. Hmm. And um, very quickly, one of the guys cuts his hand on a on a, a bottle that breaks, and uh, the hand gets infected, and he can't use that arm anymore. And very quickly, like he's in kind of a survival situation, mm. and. He's getting sicker by the day. He's having these fever dreams, mm-hmm. and there's a whole fever dream sequence where he's dreaming about the lighthouse on this island, and the light's kind of shining in his eyes, and there's all these kind of cool abstract images happening. Mm-hmm. Um, very clearly, I think uh, an inspiration for this movie. Yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, and eventually, there's there's like a whole rescue that happens to kind of get him off the island. And what Did year you know? was this? 19, I think 1929 oh, is wow. when he made this. It's an interesting, interesting movie because he he does this thing where he cuts away to these close-ups, and oftentimes those close-ups are in slow motion. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like Peckinpah or something, but it's like 40 years before Peckinpah did it in The wow. Wild Bunch. So very, very innovative, cool filmmaker. There's also like a lot of handheld in that movie, which mm-hmm. you never saw in 1929, hardly. Yeah. Um, and then also it's 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 almost like half documentary, half narrative, because um, it's shot all with people that are native, like that live on those islands. Right. And um, they're, they're non-actors and they just have – these amazing faces and of course it's a silence so they don't have to deliver dialogue or anything right. so it, it works pretty well that's one of the filmmakers he referenced then the other one uh, another french filmmaker of that period jean golemion who um, made a film called uh, the lighthouse keepers mm-hmm. which again is uh, you can actually find it on youtube there's a really terrible quality copy on youtube because um, it, it doesn't really have a modern-day available version. Oh, it's right. from, like, the 20s, right? Yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was another one on the Lighthouse yes, movie list. Yes, exactly. I
3: saw. just a father and a son yeah. in a Lighthouse yep. situation. And yeah. so,
7: you know, I, I think it's... I, I, I do like that he is so dedicated to doing his research, doing mm-hmm. his homework. And, um, I mean, I think he's going to make a, a number of great films, you know? Sure. I wonder this, what he's going to do is, next. Well, the, his, his, so his next one...
5: Oh, does he already know?
7: Well, he, he was trying to keep this under wraps, but some details leaked out. So it's called The Northman. Uh, it's a Viking movie of course set in, is. like, the 10th century. I think <laughs> I Defoe is going to be in it again. Um, and I don't know too much else of the plot details. I think you can find kind of like a, a little summary online, but Eggers was kind of, like, peeved that the details kind of slipped out. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: interesting. A Viking movie. That really does not surprise me. Yeah. No. It's
7: sounds right up his Seems perfect, yeah. yeah. Are you going
5: to hate that one too, Paul?
7: We'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
6: We'll crush to judgment when it comes out. Yeah. Boy,
5: Pattinson is just – he impresses me more and more. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a shame that I think there are still people that think of him as the Twilight guy. Yeah. Because he's just left that in the dust. I don't know those people. He's one of the great
3: actors he's of incredible. his generation. He's incredible. Good in Time was really so one good. of my favorite uh, yeah. movies yeah. of that year, if not of, he's got the, the guts. last few years.
6: And he's going to be the next Batman. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's got that jaw.
5: I, I gotta
6: say, I'm <laughs> excited for it, even though I'm not. I'll, I'll go see every yeah. Batman
5: ever. I mean,
3: who am I to say nah? I'm happy for the guy's payday, but I'm also kind of just over shuffling of the Batman, the Batman. You know?
5: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm
6: excited because he'll make a lot of money on Bat- Batman, and hopefully that allows him to do more interesting <laughs> projects. Yes, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Thing. He
5: seems to be intent on doing interesting projects. Like oh, yeah. everything he's been in lately yeah. has been Cosmopolis, Good mm-hmm. Time. Uh, High life. High life. High yeah. Life. Yeah. Like he's, he's,
7: he worked with uh, James good Gray, choices. Lost City of Z. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, oh, he's I made, seen that. Was he's that made good? like, I thought it was okay. It was, yeah. it was probably my least favorite James Gray movie so far. Um, what else did he do? Gosh. Um, Little Odessa, The Yards, uh, um, yeah, the We Own the Night, Two Lovers, The, the Immigrant, immigrant. Yeah. and The New One at Astra. At Astra. Bad Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
5: Oh, I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah. I've got some work to do. So, uh, all right. I guess let's rate this puppy. Um, what do we do, Noel? Thumbs. Yeah, we do thumbs. One to five thumbs. One to five thumbs. <laughs>
7: uh, Casey, let's start with you. Um, I'm going to say three, three out of five thumbs. Three for thumbs. Me. Yeah.
3: Okay. Noel, uh, I'm going to do four point five thumbs. Oh. No, four thumbs.
6: Okay. Okay. All right. Two point five thumbs.
5: Two point five thumbs, just a regular human with an <laughs> extra little, <laughs> a little nub or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what do you call it when you have a like a, a little bit of a tail growing? What's that called?
3: Uh, I'm not sure, Chuck. I'm at- sure there's atavism. a word for it. Maybe,
5: maybe, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it. Geez. I mean, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it at least. Yeah, I'm going to give it four and a half thumbs, and wh- and that th- half thumb is like. Got a really big, thick fingernail, like yeah. lighthouse Willem Dafoe mm-hmm, fingernail. Mm-hmm. That's got disgusting junk underneath it. Nice. I thought it was a masterpiece. It was, you know, when I described it, Emily asked. You know, she didn't go uh, to the movie in New York, but she asked what I thought about it, and so did uh, Paul Schneider at dinner. And I was like, you know, it's hard to describe. It's like it's unlike any movie I've seen, um, and bold and experimental. And I like that this guy is out there making these kinds of movies.
7: Oh, I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy that he's out there doing what he's doing. I think yeah. it's really cool that, you know, a black and white, like, austere art house movie yeah. is, you know, getting people out to see it. Yeah, and I like it. Uh, yeah, I definitely. like the idea
5: of, of testing an audience and what they can take. Because um, it's not extreme like, you know, some kind of horror core thing no. where you're like, oh, you could just barely sit through it. Yeah. But it's extreme in, in another way.
7: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
5: All right. How many thumbs is that total? I can't do math. Let's see. I gave
7: uh four four point five no I, I, I did a solid oh, you, four. You downgraded, that's right. Yeah, downgraded, So, so four. eight and a
5: half, nine and a half, ten and a half, eleven.
7: I had three, so uh fourteen and a half, something like that. All right. 14, and 14 then and and divide
5: half. that by four. And what's our average rating? <laughs> oh, gotcha. Go a see it, everybody. Three <laughs> three point something. <laughs> Bunch of dumb filmmaker types who don't know math. <laughs> uh all right, thanks dudes. Uh like these round tables. Yeah. We'll, we'll get another one going here because uh, there's a lot of good movies coming down the pike. Obviously, I think uh, The Irishman
7: the has got to be on the short list.
3: Yeah, let's do that. It's easy for us all to just watch at home because it's. Well, well, no, actually, it, it doesn't come out on Netflix till twenty seventh. I think comes out. Uh, no, no, that's right. That's
5: here right. Here yeah. in Atlanta, yeah, yeah, November comes out this Friday. On Friday. This oh, Friday. okay. Yeah, yeah. We should make a point to see that one in the theater. I think
7: I'm. I'm going to be there day one. Well, I know you are, Casey. Yeah, I too. You're going
5: to be <laughs> running the film through the projector. That's true.
7: <laughs> that is true. Is it going to
5: actually be film? No, it's no. gonna be a DCP. Yeah. He's I think there's like some some prints
7: yeah. that might circulate, but no, it'll be DCP.
5: DCP all the way, guys. <laughs> all right. Thanks, dudes.
7: Thank you.